critically acclaimed CBS All Access original series The Good Fight is now streaming with a new season and a new fight. Christine Baranski is back as Diane Lockhart in a season that delivers mystery and intrigue. The question that everyone will be asking is, what is Memo 618? Join the fight by visiting cbs.com slash goodfight to start your free trial of CBS All Access. To be in charge is not being aggressive. It's not being, oh, I know it. To be in charge is first and foremost a commitment to yourself. It's owning who you are. You own your imperfection, they become your asset. You own your vulnerability, it becomes your strength. From Politico, this is Women Rule, where we bring you real talk with women bosses. I'm Anna Palmer, senior Washington correspondent and co-author of the Politico Playbook. Today, a break from all things coronavirus, as we talk with fashion legend Dionne von Furstenberg. I sat down with her back before the stay-at-home orders began, when she was in D.C. to present Ruth Bader Ginsburg with the annual DVF Awards Lifetime Achievement Prize. And though a whole lot has happened since then, her advice still rings true for how we can approach life and its many challenges. The most important thing is that you belong to you because the core of your strength only comes from you. The most important relationship in life is the one you have with yourself. Because once you have that, any other relationship is a plus and not a must. While she was in her 20s, von Furstenberg created the wrap dress that shot her to international stardom. In her 30s, she was the head of a brand that sold more than $100 million a year and ended up leaving the industry before returning a decade and a half later. She's made it through good times and hard times and become an icon along the way. Now, she's devoting herself to supporting the next generation of women business leaders with mentorship opportunities, which includes helping them combat imposter syndrome. We all feel inadequate. We all feel irrelevant. We all feel, all, all of us, the mo- you can ask any successful person, do you ever feel like a loser? They'll say all the time. And now, here's my conversation with Dion von Furstenberg. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm very happy to be here. We are in Washington, D.C., where you are here for the 11th annual DVF Awards. It's the first time they've been held in D.C., and you're honoring four women, including Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Tell us a little bit about the awards and why you decided to hold it here. Well, first of all, uh, the awards started 11 years ago. And it's actually my son who who suggested that. He said, you know, you care so much about women and you do so much with women and women's causes. Wouldn't it be nice to have a prize to, to organize an award so that you could really not only give them money, but also exposure? <laughs> And that's how I started. And at first, it's, you know, you're kind of very shy because, I mean, who am I to do this? And so I attached myself with the Women um, in the World Conference. Mm-hmm. And it always happened on the second night of the Women Conference at the UN first. And then last year, we had our 10th anniversary, and that happened. Uh, we had more people, so it happened at the Brooklyn Museum. But this year, as we were giving Justice Ginsburg uh, the Lifetime Award, uh, and we were trying to work on the schedule and so on, it occurred to me, why not move it? And it's such an honor to have her. Why don't we go to her? (laughs) And so we decided to move the award to D.C. And today I'm so excited because 
you know, 2020 is such an important year for women and and then with everything that's going on with the justice <laughs> to being able to honor her and to do it at the Library of Congress and to be able to have two of my grandchildren there and my son it's 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 very emotional <laughs> and 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 it's a great honor to me and I'm excited. How did you select Justice Ginsburg? Well, how do you select? <laughs> how, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, how do you select God? You know, I mean, it's, uh, she's, she's a remarkable woman. She is remarkable for who she stands for, what her values are, for everything, for her strength, for her focus, for her sense of, of justice and duty. And she's a feminist, and I'm a feminist. I've always admired her. So I'm just, I'm just honored that she accepted. Well, let's take a step back. There are few women in fashion or in any industry, really, who've had the kind of staying power that you have had, or multiple generations of women have worn your designs. What do you think is behind that ability to last this long, continuing to have relevance, three generations of women now? Well, you know, I had many generations, you know, it's important for people to know that it's, and I was very lucky to be very, very successful before I was 30, I mean, at 28. So, but that doesn't mean life doesn't go, you go success up, 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 you know, you go up and then you go down and you go up and you go down. And what I think is also very important for people to know is sometimes when the world thinks you are up. You yourself know that you're having difficulties. And the same way when people think, oh, she's old school, I mean, you know, old, old story, that may not be true either because you know that you are planning. And the whole point about speaking when you are, the, the good thing about su being successful is one, you could pay your bills and two, you have a voice. And when you have a voice, it's, it's your duty and it's your privilege to use your voice, your experience, your knowledge in order to help others to have a voice. For the last several years, you've made mentoring of women a real priority, not just individually, but really as an industry. When you started out in the fashion industry, it was still quite male dominated. Uh, in some areas, it still is today. Were there women in positions of power to mentor you? Well, Diana Breland, who was the editor-in-chief, is the woman who really helped me. Mm. And yes, there were lots of women to help me. Mm. And um, yes, yes. But it's, it was very funny because, you know, I never knew what I wanted to do. But I knew I wanted to become a woman in charge. I became a woman in charge because of a little dress. So the more confident I would be, the more I would go around and sell my little dresses to people around. So I was actually selling my confidence. My, com my growing confidence is something that I was sharing. And it was at the time of liberation of women, blah, 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 blah. And the dress, who was easy it was an easy little dress that somehow the guy you went out with liked and his mother didn't mind, you know? <laughs> it was sexy enough and proper enough. It was good enough to go to work and to... So it, 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 it just filled a lot of things. People say, oh, I created the dress. Well, the truth is the dress created me. <laughs> it's interesting what you're talking about, though, because I, I believe that in my own life where it's a confidence. You're selling a vision of a product, whether it's journalism, whether it's women rule and what we do here, or whether it's an actual tactile thing. When you're mentoring women, what advice do you have for them when they're looking at how they're supposed you know, to be kind the, of moving the, forward? The most, the most efficient way to be helpful and to inspire people is 
is to talk. It, there's a few things. I have a, I have a few st- micro steps because I, I thought about this in charge thing, you know, mm-hmm. and being in charge and, and I don't want it to be aggressive, right? So, I've thought a lot about it, and but to be in charge is not being aggressive. It's not being, oh, I know it. To be in charge is first and foremost a commitment to yourself. It's owning who you are. You own your imperfection, they become your asset. You own your vulnerability, it becomes your strength. And that is what being in charge is. And so my CEO said, okay, but then you have to give people ways to do it, you know? And so I came up with ways, like, for example, connect. Connect is very important. Well, I play this little game with myself every morning that amongst my first 15 emails, two of them I do with a lot of attention, I I focus, and two things that absolutely don't benefit me. Okay, so I will, and it's great with email because you don't have to leave a message, you don't have to speak, you just have to write properly. I can take this person and introduce them to somebody who's really important, who can change their lives, do it properly, doesn't, you know, easy, and you can change people's lives. And then you realize you have a magic wand. And when you have a magic wand, you realize that the more you use your magic wand, the stronger your magic wand becomes, the more powerful. And very often it becomes a boomerang. It comes back to you. So that's the connect. Then you have expand. The same thing. Every week you should, you should really give time to somebody that you normally would not talk to or mm-hmm. normally not be with. And you expand your universe. You may, be, you may be doing it for them, but you will really expand your universe. The third one is inspire. Well, there is no better way to inspire than with storytelling. And as I said before, in storytelling and in, to be inspiring, it's much more inspiring to talk about your challenges and your vulnerabilities than about the success. They all know you are success. And then, of course, the last one is advocate, you know, and uh, fight against violence and abuse and inequality. And in those three words, you, you, and, and everything can go in there. Many people, women in particular, struggle with what is now kind of deemed imposter syndrome, where they feel inadequate or doubt their accomplishments. They feel like they don't belong. And it feels sort of like what you were describing. How, how did you manage it from just saying, I'm just, I didn't create the dress, the dress created me. You know, you were kind of very powerful at a very young age. How did you handle that? But that doesn't mean that very many days I don't feel like losers. You know, we all feel inadequate. We all feel irrelevant. We all feel, all, all of us, the most, you can ask any successful person, do you ever feel like a loser? They'll say all the time. <laughs> you know, the only losers don't feel like losers. And by the way, I, my children, I don't know why I use that word. My children were not a, allowed to use that word. I mean, it's, and belonging, belonging, what does it mean? The most important thing is that you belong to you because the core of your strength only come from you. The most important relationship in life is the one you have with yourself. Because once you have that, any other relationship is a plus and not a must. And that is really important, you know? And so, and you achieve that by being truly honest to yourself and, 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 and having enough time of solitude, of silence, of things like that, because otherwise you lose yourself. And if you lose yourself, you have nothing. 
success at such a young age, it, it can be a double-edged sword. You're in your 20s, you're on top of the fashion world. How aware were you at the time of the pressure and expectations that came with that level of achievement? And were you worried about losing yourself? It doesn't change. I mean, it doesn't change. I mean, I've had my career has had one career, and then I sold the company, and then I started again, and the 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 brand was in really bad shape, and then we clouded again. It goes on all the time. There is no. I mean, in this country, people have this this crazy mania of growth, growth, growth. I mean. You can't keep on growing. You explode. I think we need to be a little bit more uh, humble in our in our greed. We'll be right back after this quick break. The critically acclaimed CBS All Access original series The Good Fight is now streaming with a new season and a new fight. Christine Baranski is back as Diane Lockhart, the woman who says what you're thinking and does what you wish you could do. In a season that delivers mystery and intrigue, the question that everyone will be asking is, what is Memo 618? Celebrated for its remarkable ensemble cast and hailed as wildly inventive, The Good Fight has been named the best show on TV by critics and fans alike. Join the fight by visiting cbs.com slash goodfight to start your free trial of CBS All Access. That's cbs.com slash goodfight to start your free trial today. I want to take a step back. Your mother was a huge influence on you. Can you tell us a little bit about her? Yes, my mother was a huge influence on me from the moment I was born because 18 months before I was born, my mother was a prisoner of war in a concentration camp. She was in a death camp. She wasn't supposed to survive. She did survive. She was 22. She weighed 49 pounds. She came back to home in Belgium. Her parents couldn't believe that she made it back. Uh, she gained the weight back. Her fiancé came back. She got married. And the doctor said, no matter what you do, you cannot have a child for at least three years because you won't make it and the child will not be normal. And sure enough, nine months later, I was born and I was not normal. <laughs> <laughs> Were you conscious of fashion growing up? Was no. that no, no. Me, it was really the books. Mm-hmm. I love books, books, books. I, I was always walking from all books from room to room. Um, my mother was fashionable, but, uh, no. And then it just happened. And, you know, when I talk to young people and I always say, you know, when you don't have a a specific vocation and you finish school and so on, you, you look around and there are all these doors and one of these doors is your door. And you have to be curious enough to kind of look at every door. Because my door was certainly not the most glamorous. I started in a printing plant in Como, Italy. I was interning for this flamboyant, bullish man, but he was very talented. And uh, and it was at the time that it was, you know, his factory was exposed. And then I went to America to for to visit my boyfriend, and I decided, oh, I want to, I really want to live here. So when I went back to the factory, I thought, hmm, there's something here for me to do. And I started making samples. I thought I would sell them in America, and the rest is history. When you decided that you were going to go into fashion, was it 
like in your gut you knew that or it was just kind of a way to get to America and that was going to be kind no, of the business? No, I, 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 I wasn't sure what I was going to do. But what I did know is the kind of woman I wanted to be. I wanted to be a woman in charge. I wanted to be a woman in charge of my life. And, and that just happened to be the tools and the thing. And then, of course, you become, you know, I, I mean, I, because I learned everything in a print factory where they were printing all these beautiful scarves for, um, you know, Gucci and, and Ferragamo and all of that. So I learned about how you get an illustration and put it in repeat. I learned about color palettes. I learned about all of that. And that's how it started. It's often hard to imagine the transition from being kind of this wonder kid, as you described it in your early, you know, in your 30s, you're at the top of the world in your 20s to your 30s and 40s. How did that transition? First of all, you know, I, I, I have always kept my diary. I have so many decades of diary. And if you open my diary almost anywhere, I always say I'm at the turning point. So I think that all I have done is turn all my life. <laughs> I mean, every day is a turning point. Every day is a turning point. Every day is. And it's so crazy because I was born in Belgium, which is a small country, which is quite boring, where it rains all the time. And I really, really thought nothing would ever happen to me, you know. And now I look back and... And anyone I talk to about any subject, about any country, about anything, I realize that I've met so many people. I've been so many places. I know so many things. And sometimes I speak and I think, oh, my God, people must, you know, must think that I'm, I'm showing off. And I promise you, I hide half of it, <laughs> you know. So I have lived fully, and I'm so glad I did. And, and so now is the time for me to... To give back and and to to you know it's like in in you know in the olden days people went to school and then they went to the army and then they may and then they went in business and then they went to you know politic or philosopher or things like that. So I am now at the philosophy part of my life. When you think about it like that, I think one of the things we talk a lot about in this podcast is how do you kind of rebound? How do you come back from those moments, those hard times where you've kind of talked about in your career, I'm sure in your personal life? What did you learn from those hard times? I mean, the hard times are the the most valuable lessons because you have to, well, first of all, the secret of life is owning it. That's it. Whatever it is, whether it's a problem where your husband left you or you lost your job or you just was or you were diagnosed with cancer, whatever may happen, the first thing you have to do is owning it, not pretending it's not there. Own it, you know, and then you throw the fear away, you throw the shame away, you throw all the toxic things away and you face yourself and you face the reality and and you say, okay, and you move on. And then something good may happen that will ne have never happened if this, the bad thing happened. So you have to think like that. Mm -hmm. So you're in the philosopher part of life, mm -hmm. as you described it. What is What does that mean for you? What does the next couple of years look like? What are you spending all your time? I care, all I care, I mean, all I care about really is to be able to, I mean, my brand is very, reflects very much that, and uh, but it's in the hand of good good people. And, and uh, but what I really want to do is I really, really want to use my experience, my voice, my knowledge, all of that 
in order to help other women to push the button that is inside themselves uh, to make them stronger. We are in Washington. So before we go, we have to obviously talk politics. Uh, You said in 2016, the idea that we have Donald Trump as a candidate for being the leading person in the world just reflects the power of reality television and mediocrity. And of Hillary Clinton, you were quoted as saying she's a very bad candidate, but she is a fantastic executive. What are you watching in this 2020 race? Is there somebody you're personally supporting? Uh, well, it's it's still a little early to tell. Uh, I believe in. I, I I believe so much in this country. I came from Belgium. I became a, an American citizen. I think I always thought this country had no corruption. I had very high uh, high ideal for this country. I believe in the Constitution, all of those things. And I think it is important that if this country needs to survive, it has to be what it promised to be. Do you expect to weigh in, though, at some point? Oh, for sure. I mean, once, you know, once we know what it is, uh, yes. And obviously, there's more women that ran and and won in 2018, you think about women using their power. How important is that to you, do you think, to have more women in leadership in in making the laws that govern this country? Well, I really do think that women will end up saving the world. And uh, so it's not even a matter of equality or, or not. I think that uh, but also, I mean, you know, it's not just to have a woman, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, but I think women, I, I think it's very important for women to realize and not to forget how strong they really are and not to be afraid of, the, of their own strength. And I've never met a woman who's not strong. All women are strong. But sometimes it's a husband, a religion, a brother, or sometimes just themselves because they want, you know, their husband to look big or whatever. And, 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 uh, but women are strong because then all of a sudden there's a fire in the house, right? And the woman takes one child, two child, the jewelry, puff, you go out there, you know? So women are good in tragedies. Mm-hmm. So I think it's better that they wake up before there are tragedies. Well, Theon, thank you so much. We appreciate your time. Women Rule is produced by Zach Stanton. Irene Noguchi is the executive producer of Politico Audio. If you're a fan of the show, please subscribe to Women Rule on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us and leave a review. And please share our episodes on social media and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at apalmerdc. You can also join the Women Rule community by texting WOMEN to 66866. 